0: See. Over uh, many years, I've been very fortunate in fact to be able to travel. Um, in fact, a lot of the travelling I did do was at the expense of Her Majesty of the Queen. I uh, was in the army and went to interesting and exciting places and met interesting and exciting people, uh, many of whom, in fact, uh, were actually. Making the very best of a very bad job because where I went to was sometimes not of the nicest places. It was often in the middle of war or conflict. But one of the things that I noticed in the Balkans uh, was how much we here in the UK have lost. I don't mean in respect to buildings or material things, I mean just one flowers because on a road verge, in the Balkans, you will see 12 to 20 different varieties of wildflower. In the Kingdom, you might see two. So, and this is because we have improved the land. Mm-hmm. The other thing I remember is that uh, I remember standing waiting for a helicopter to pick me up in a field of warm grass and flowers filled with butterflies. When did you last see more than two butterflies? You know, we have improved, we produce more, but we've also lost a great deal that God has given us. And one of the things I do notice also, particularly in the man's garden, is the absence of bees and how few bees there are around. Do you think that's important? There are as so many bees around. What do you think? All those in favour of more bees, hands up. All right, so why? Why have we got hands up? Why annual bees? Mm Honey. Honey, right? Anything else? Bees are one of the main pollinators of flowers. Oh, bees. We were going to say that, weren't you? Yes, you were, I could tell. Mm What were you going to say? Um, They're part of our wildlife. Part of our wildlife, and they're the main pollinators of flowers and crops. Without bees, we might go hungry. Or a lot of us are going to take feathers in fact and go around crop fields trying to (laughs) do what bees do naturally. So this worry and concern. Now last week I got an email from someone whom you'll know, and if you don't know about his name, you'll you'll know of him because you saw him, you often if I hand out hymn books and orders of service. Sunday morning, Jamie Sullivan. Isn't she Jamie? Sullivan. Sullivan. There's all these S's getting twisted. <laughs> Jamie Sullivan. And Jimmy is in Australia. It's so a very long way away. And he's actually in Western Australia near a town called Perth. I was born in Perth, in North Perth, Australia. I was born in Perth. So Jamie's working there because he's actually supporting an Aboriginal tribe to sue the mining company for destroying their ground. And he said that he stood and he watched a train pulling iron over two kilometres long. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? I mean, you're impressed. I was impressed. You're impressed. You're you impressed. Two kilometers long. This train was two kilometers long. You just stood there. And just stood and stood and stood. As this thing just passed them by. And it just kept coming. Two kilometers. Now, do you know where that iron road was going to? Any ideas? Any ideas? All right, the trials is one. China. Well, but we're probably going to Paris and then out, and fly, out, and to, and out to China. It's going basically to China. Why China? Anyone got an idea? China? Well, let's, let's get some of the. Let's get some of the other. An idea of why China? Why, why was all that ore going to China? Any ideas? How about one of the adults taking part here? <laughs> right, look, Syria. Surya. Because they've got expanding industry. Well, the have and they might have, they're actually going to bust at the moment because they spent too much money. But they have, they produce <coughs> more iron or more steel in one month than the United Kingdom produces in a year. And that's why one of our steel uh, one of our steel uh, foundries is actually just going bust because it can't compete. Now, let's look at what we're wearing. How many people here are wearing anything that's British? Yes? It was made in Britain, was it? Yeah. By ah. her? Oh, wow. Homemade. It's lovely, by the way. I was admiring the rose at the back. It's very pretty. Anyone wearing anything that's British? Or oh, a jacket, yeah? A jacket, yes. Anything else? I've actually got a, a wig coat, made in Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was in a sale, got it cheap. Anyone else wearing anything that's British? And yet there was a point in time when everything is made here. But now in fact, you know, you go down to... Into shops, and you find your, your shirts made in Indonesia, your shoes are made in Portugal, um, You know your socks come from China. Nothing or very little is made in the UK because we're all interconnected, aren't we? Now, what do we have for breakfast? Porridge. Porridge. Ah. <laughs> that was probably Scottish. <laughs> ah. What's your favorite? loud hot chocolate from Oh. Yes. Mm-hmm. I must have breakfast with you sometime. <laughs> Come on, who, who has something for breakfast? Breakfast? What did you have for breakfast? What did you have for breakfast? Oh, you didn't eat breakfast, I can tell that actually, no, no. Bill, what did you have? Pardon? Bran Bran flakes. Oh, bran flakes, very healthy. I'm not sure I eat bran flakes at his age. Mmm, <laughs> 500 healthy. What did you have for breakfast? What? Cereal. Huh? cereal. What sort of cereal? cereal. cereal. Oh, very healthy. Okay, I'm rather worry that. You always healthy children. <laughs> <laughs> did anyone have anything unhealthy for breakfast this morning? Oh, what did you have for breakfast this morning? What? Mm. Huh? Oh, I thought. Oh. Pancakes are amongst my most favourite food. If I ask anyone in church here, right, and they will tell you, I love pancakes. And I was in heaven, right, well, you we heaven. I was visiting <laughs> <laughs> my daughter, she was working abroad in Burma, and I will tell you that that Chef in the morning, who just made... Food. Now, who ate something unhealthy? Oh no, you didn't you're not, That's you're pretty good actually, but I and mean, chocolate. Uh, that's all right, actually. Anything yeah, unhealthy? Something something um, horrible and disgusting like a full English breakfast. <laughs> no, which I eat all the time when I'm away. I possibly can. No, no one's into the fries these days. Well no one's admitting it anyway. Right. What's all this about? The fact is that we are interconnected. Now just think about it. We all pay tax. But how many people's tax here will build a hospital and pay for the nurses and the doctors to run it? Nobody. But together, all our little bits of tax together come together to build hospitals and roads and everything we need for a modern society. The materials that we need to build to make, to enhance, may well have come from Australia via China. Right? Because we cannot exist without one another. It's impossible. right? Everything we have, from the, the computers we use, from the phones we use, from the cars we drive, from the trucks that bring the food, all of it, is interdependence. Now, there's a story told about a man long ago who went to a village, and everyone in this village was a bit down. Any idea of why they could have been down, They're feeling pretty miserable and pretty, looking pretty sorrowful and unhappy because the future wasn't looking very bright. The crops not good. The crops hadn't been good. And everyone he spoke to said, I'm not sure I'm going to see the winter through. I'm not sure there will be the children. I'm not sure there will be enough. Anyway, he went and sat down under the little tree in the village green, and he pulled out of his pocket a stone. And he said, There's only one thing for it. We're going to have to make stone soup. And someone said, stone soup? I've never heard stone soup. Who has ever made stone soup? I said, well, this is a special stone. And trust me, stone soup is the best soup in the world. But to make it, we're going to need a pot. So someone came and brought a pot and he looked and says, no, no, he says, that's a pot for three people. No, no, we need a big pot. So someone ran away and brought this great big pot. He then gathered firewood and he lit a fire and he filled the pot with water. When we began to simmer, he dropped this into the pot. Then he took from his plate a wee spoon as a away and he sort of tasted it. He said, hmm. "It's missing something. Do you know what's missing <laughs> what is it? No salt, because you cannot eat anything without salt. You need salt to live," he says. It needs salt. So two children said, my mum's got salt, and they ran off and got some salt. And he put the salt in. And then he said, It's pretty good, he says, it's getting better, he says, but it needs some carrots always taste better than carrots. So some so got some spare carrots, so they went off and fact and he got some carrots and he chopped them in and dropped them in and it boiled away for a bit longer. and He said, How do we taste? He said, mm. he says, Stone soup's always better with a few potatoes and a couple of cabbages. He said, Someone, I've, I've got a few potatoes and some cabbages. So he went and got some potatoes and put these in. And he said, it so cool? yeah, It's tasting pretty good actually And He said, You know, last month I was staying with. A rich man in his castle and we made still some stone soup with meat. And a couple said to each other, We could be like that rich man. We could put some meat in our stone soup with meat in it. So they went away in fact and brought some meat and the meat was chopped in. And they also brought with them some barley. That was put in, and in fact, the whole soup began to thicken up, and the smell—oh, you know your know house when, when you're at home and someone's making soup. You, know? you can just just imagine it. Just imagine that lovely smell of soup simmering. Anyway, the people in the village had begun to gather, all round this fire and simmering soup, and eventually. The man said, Yes, the stone soup's ready. And they all came with their bowls and they all had soup. And it was the best soup they had ever tasted. All made of stone. And that night they had a party because someone came in a fiddle and they were fiddling and they had a dance and they a peeling. And the next morning, as he got on his horse, someone said to him, You've forgotten stone for the stone soup. You'll need it again. He says, no, no, he says, you must keep the stone. Because every time you make stone soup, you will bring people together and you will have enough to see you through to next harvest. So what have you learned? Now there were two readings this morning from the Old Testament and the New Testament. One was about not forgetting God when we get comfortable. Right? When we have too much and we think we can do without Him. Because why do we need Him? We've got everything that we do need. And so we think that God is superfluous. And the other one was about being generous. About sharing. And the great tragedy today is that a lot of us have more than we ever need. And some of us don't have enough. Today, in bringing the food, these cans, you know, tuna and coffee and pasta and all sorts of good things, we are bringing a little extra of what we have. To give to food bank so that those who have less will have enough to feed their children and actually ensure that everyone grows up strong and straight. So I thank you on behalf of Western Food Bank for all your generosity. But I also ask that you remember that when we have a little extra, to think of those who have a little less and to be thoughtful about how we can make a little difference to someone's life. We don't think that what we do does make a difference. But every river began with one drop of rain. And if we all add our little drop soon we will have more than we ever imagined possible. So let's try and do that. To think about ourselves and our families, but also think about others. But above all, to give thanks to God. Without whom we don't even have life itself. Let's pray. Gracious God, we live in a... A great city, one of the greatest cities on this earth. And yet within this cosmos, it is not even a speck of dust in the vastness of space. Help us to be thankful for all that we have been given and always to give thanks to you, the Giver. Above all, help us to give thanks when we eat. That we have enough. And enable us always to be mindful of those who do not. Help us to sow generously that we may reap a generous harvest. This we ask in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, i